Well, welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Lori and I are so excited to spend some time with you all today. Well, we are going through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book by Peter and Jerry Scazzario, and it's been honestly so life-changing. And we are now talking about the top 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. And we're getting to the end here. We are. Oh, so this one's a doozy. This is a good one, Lori. Here we go. So this one is living without limits. And what it describes is those close to me would say that I often try to do it all or bite off more than I can chew. (laughs) I never do that. Do you? (laughs) No, we can move on to the next one. Actually, never. You know, it's funny. Even just last night, we had a conversation about this. Really? Yep. Jay said to me, he's like, you never ask for help. Wow. And I'm not going to sometimes see it or offer it. And it's not because I don't want to help you, but you actually don't ask enough for help. You will do it all. And then what happens is I do it all. And then I get really annoyed that I'm doing it all. So I actually get louder in what I'm doing. So if I'm doing dishes, oh, you s- you'll start banging around, I'll bang a bit? around a bit more, or maybe I'll slam a few more cupboards a little louder. So the family hears me oh and I'm hoping that they'll be like, oh, mom, let me help you. And it doesn't always work. And <laughs> it's a very passive aggressive way of dealing with something oh, instead of so saying, funny. okay, everybody, I just need some help. Can we all take 20 minutes? Yeah. Which is so brilliant in my brain and my family will be willing to do it. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe not always with the biggest no, <laughs> Totally. Like, oh, but they'll, yeah, they'll do come. it yeah. if I'm honest to say I'm actually need, yeah, some really help. need some help. Yeah. But no, I don't know what it is about the living without limits. The mm-hmm. I can do it all. I can do it all by myself. That one right away is like a bell ringer for me. I try to do it all by myself. Oh, it's so interesting when you think back to like, when did that start? Like, when did that start? Like, it, I mean, it, all of these things often stem to how we're raised and how we are as children, or maybe like w- how we learn how to get approval from the people we love, mm. like all of those things. And it's kind of like, at what point did we decide that number one, like, I can't really ask for help. Number two, like I'm going to use performing or achieving or doing to earn love or to earn acceptance. Right. But it starts very young. And I mean, I think it's not necessarily like related to like a deep emotional wound per se, but learning in our environments, whether that's in school, whether that's in our homes, whether that's in our family units, like how do I gain love? How do I get approval? How do I get, you know, we will all want like a positive response from the people we respect, right? Our parents, our teachers we want. So how do I do that? I do that by being behaving. I do that by getting all my work done. I do that by, right? Like all of these things. I definitely wonder what I would have been like as a kid. Like if I, if I could go back and see myself now, knowing myself as an adult, like if I would have been the kind of kid that was like, let my mom put my shoes on for me and tie them up. Or if I would have been like, no, me do it, me do it. Like, I want to do this myself. Like, no, like I'm going to dress myself. I'm going to, because I definitely, as an adult, am like a me do it person. Mm. Like, I'm like, no, no, I got this. I got, (laughs) no, I'm good. What? No, I got this. I got this. I got this. And I do that with God too. I'm literally like, God, 
I got this. And <laughs> yeah, it's and so he's true. like, here you go. I have these gifts for you. I have this help for you. I have this support for you. I have peace for you. I have joy for you. And I'm like, I got this. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so true. And yet, when I look at you, Laura, you are actually a beautiful delegator, though. Okay. But isn't it interesting that it can actually be in a box? Like when we're raising and releasing leaders or seeing people's gifting, we are, he said, we want you to take this because we see it as a way of seeing them flourish. But yet in my own personal life with God, like you're saying, I've got this, like I've got this. I don't, especially my strength. Mm. God, I I Mm. got this. Like this is, I wonder if it's like, I wonder if it is like the difference is because yeah, I do agree. And I do have a very like, empowering mindset like when I meet people and lead people and like I want them to step full on into and I don't really have a hard time giving them responsibility and giving them you know like even if they don't do it as well as I would do it like it's it's okay because I feel like it is giving them an avenue to trust God to grow in their faith to grow in their walk with God like it's I see all of that but I wonder if it falls in the things that I believe are my responsibility. So Mm. like where, like that would have to do with our work and that's part of, I do think our call and responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not hard to do that, but what if it's something that I believe is my sole responsibility, like a part of my, my work or a part of my home life or as a mother or as a wife or as a person or as a daughter Mm. or right like I this is my just my responsibility so for those things I have to be able to do them do them well do them a hundred percent of the time and I can't ask for help because if I do then I'm not meeting that responsibility so in that sense there is no limit like there's no limit it's like a limitless endless within the realm of what I would decide I'm responsible for. Isn't that interesting? Like when you actually break that down, how there can be those, those moments in time where you have that we decide. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like it's not so much that we don't ask for help in anything or don't ever delegate, but actually I, we decide, I have decided what I am solely responsible for and things that I feel like is a carried responsibility. Yes. But it's funny, those things that I am solely responsible for, why have I chosen that to be my full responsibility? Isn't that an interesting? It is an interesting thing. And it's, and the thing is that we've decided, like it is true that we've decided. It's not even, now, sometimes other people have placed those expectations yes, on us yes. as well. Yeah. So I think there, it's a combination. But when other people place those expectations on us, like we do have a choice to say, I receive that responsibility. <laughs> like I yeah. receive that. Yeah. I'm going to meet all of your expectations or say no like I can't or that's not possible or or learn over time that that's not healthy Mm -hmm. or that's not Mm -hmm. possible but I think in the space of like the things I decide that that are my responsibility is a weird realm because nobody in my life is coming alongside and saying to me you know that's not totally your responsibility alone no one else if we're if we if we're the ones that have decided that no one else is coming alongside to say to us whereas again if someone else puts an expectation on we can make a decision we can look at that at least in time right and decide okay no like i 
I mm. can't do that or I that's not healthy or I'm going to ask for help with that or I think about like even now as an adult with our parents okay our parents continually put expectations on us yes they they don't mean to but they do but like as adults we can decide if those expectations are realistic if we're going to receive them if we're going to try to execute them as best as we can or like what what's the limitation that's within mm. that but I think the things that I decide, that's the hardest space because who, who's there to tell me you've mm-hmm. taken on too much? Nobody. Because no one's told me I have to do this. Just I've told myself. Isn't that interesting? It is so interesting. You know what? I'm having a little bit of an aha moment as we're talking. So I'm like, imagine if we wrote down on a paper how many things, if I actually sat and took some time and said, like, I fully feel responsible for. Like, like, do you feel responsible to cook dinner every night? Like, is that your, is that, does that fall on you? <laughs> it does. Pretty much. It does. Yes. That's your responsibility. <laughs> like, and I don't so, think anyone else in the house thinks, what are we going to eat for dinner? But if I, sh- if I show up at like, home. Like, what are we going to eat and then go and make something? Yeah. Like, if I show up at home and I don't say anything, every, guaranteed everyone will say, what are we having for dinner? To you. To me. Yeah. No, so I, it's their expectation, <laughs> but it's also your expectation of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, same with me. But if I sat down with my family, I actually yeah. wrote down every yeah. single thing. Yeah. And I said, do you feel this is my sole responsibility? Guaranteed, m- pretty much ev- almost everything on that list, they would say no. But then how do you share the responsibility? And that's an interesting, <laughs> just even concept. Now, I know there's a practical outflow of how that all works exactly. and all of that. Like, But I'm just talking about just the internal dialogue I have just not even opened that up to like, do I now feel, and even as we're transitioning, yeah, there might've been a season of time where I was working part-time, the kids were young and actually you just keep taking these things on. And as your kids have gotten older, you've just added all these other things, never really delegating something off your plate, but just feeling this greater sense of responsibility for more that I've never articulated or actually say do. And if I would actually hear permission, like, no, you're not responsible for that. I'm like, okay, then how do, how do I offload some of that responsibility? Because I do. That's just a really, I know this sounds like, even as I'm saying it, so basic in communication skills and in growing as a family, but it actually just happens over time that responsibilities add. And so this is a little bit of an awakening moment for me right now to say, okay, we're having a family meeting. <laughs> 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 These are some of the things that over time I've taken response, but even with my parents, what kind of conversation would that be? be like, I have felt this responsibility as a firstborn, as even an only child in the city with you. And it could be something even I have thought is their expectation of me. Right. And taken on this responsibility that even as you articulate it, that if they say, no, we do feel that. Okay. Well then how do we flesh that out? Or wow, that might be a completely wake up call to be like, Oh, nobody has that expectation of me. So why do I do that? Why have I believed that? And I've added all this pressure to myself. And if it is an expectation, okay, how do I navigate that? Right. Or how do I put proper limits to say, okay, I can do this, but this is now too much. Or in this season, this is too much. I don't think I've ever actually had a verbal conversation about that. That's yeah. pretty powerful. It is powerful. It really is powerful. Yeah. I keep thinking of it through the realm of like, no one else is going to come and put a limitation or offer help on something that I've taken on myself to say this is my sole responsibility and if I don't do this nobody else will and if I don't do this I'll also disappoint everybody that this 
you know, decision effects or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Okay. Let's pivot a little bit in the conversation to, okay. So here we've just had this, this revelation that, you know, we've decided that a number of things in our lives, both at work, this plays out at work too. This plays out in our jobs. This plays out in every relationship we have in our homes, all of the things that we have to manage and, and care for. But what if you love most of it? What if you love the actual busyness of the things you've taken responsibility for, the accolades you get for doing those things, the affirmation, you know, even like, I have to be honest, like there's this part of me that loves when, well, okay, this would be the the core motivation of it. I love to make people in my life happy. So I love to make people happy. So if doing or overdoing makes people happy, then that makes me happy. Like if I've made them happy, so yeah, whether it is simple things like having dinner prepared and, you know, put on the table and everyone comes together for dinner, that makes me happy. That makes them happy. They get to eat. I get, I'm happy because we've all come together or, um, you know, and you can do that across the board. So what if taking on all those things and not, so what's the, what's the, um, read it one more time. What's the, yep. Those close to me would say that I often try to do it all or bite off more than I can chew. And it's limiting. It's living without limits, living without limits. So what if I love living without limits? (laughs) Like what if I love it? What if I, what if I actually throw off limitations yeah. and I'm like I don't know I, I don't it's so true because actually when I'm thinking about the living without limits I'm thinking of all the things that I do that I don't love right that are my responsibility right and right chores <laughs> you're thinking of cleaning your bathrooms so I know you are yeah <laughs> and having to do all the grocery shopping and cooking for a family that eats nonstop, which I'm very thankful for okay this is not a begrudging it's more of an <laughs> understanding that there's more other things I want to do and I end up doing those things but it's casting off I want to so I could, so you know what would happen is I would probably cast off some of that stuff and just take on more things that I love. Okay. So that's actually not fixing my problem of or my actual unhealth in the spirituality, the emotional part, of is living, that I would probably just limits. add more to my plate. So in twofold, uh, that's an important dialogue to have, but at the same token, I probably would naturally add more to my plate that I love. Because I would cast off things I don't love. And that list would not be things that I love. It would all be the things I'm like, I actually don't love. Oh, okay. Which is okay. Totally. But totally. this is not actually, well, now we're going deeper into a core issue. Yeah. Of why of do. Of loving being so busy. And so needed and so validated. And, and so many having things. having all those, yeah, and having all of our time filled. It's because I just love myself. Things. Is it that? Ah. Is it because I love being important? Oh. It could be. It, like the core, as I you know. go deeper and deeper, right? it right. is a self-motivated space. Yeah. That's a really ugly space. And I don't know if I want to process this on a podcast. Oh. Like, honestly, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is. There is yeah. a self-importance that comes with look what I can do and look at all I can handle and people saying, wow, you can do it all. Wow. We have, and there is this empowerment that comes with that, a false hit. It's a dopamine almost feeling like you get our high off it. That's like, look at all I can do. And like, I want everyone to see it really. And I'm speaking unfiltered here. That is that ugly space of self importance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. That's like, 
that was like a little knife going right into my spirit. <laughs> like I feel that conviction yeah. so much with you right along, right alongside, like just the busyness, juggling a whole bunch of balls, keeping them up in the air, doing it well, doing it happy, doing it smiling, you know, all like all of that space is really, really at the end of the day, like forgetting that God ultimately has already prepared in advance all the good that, you know, we have to walk in. It's, it's interesting. I was thinking about the story of um, Jesus going to the pool of Bethesda to heal the lame man. And I was just thinking about it like, you know, at the pool, everybody who had illness, disease, sickness was all around there. And Jesus went there and he only healed one person. Like I just tried to like imagine that scenario, right? Even today, like we pray, God, we want to see signs and wonders. And one person gets healed of something or one person testifies at church, you know, God healed me of this or God healed me of this or, you know, God set me free of this addiction instantly. It's just one person. And there's like hundreds of people sitting in the seats and they're like why hasn't God healed me of that and literally Jesus like God himself shows up in this place and there's all these people that are sick and he heals one person like I know that's not the point of the story but I just like from this talking about limits talking about literally being limited like Jesus was limited Mm -hmm. to what he saw his father doing like he was in complete submission and obedience only to do that which he saw his father do and like I I just think like imagine all the disappointment of all the other people that would have been around there seeing this man get healed and being like, what, what about me? I I've been blind for this many years. I've had this disease. I have leprosy. I have this, you know, all of these people that are literally struggling, Mm. maybe even more Mm. than this man, you know, maybe have had it even harder than this man. And why, like, why did God just choose that one? Why did Jesus heal that one over everybody. Like it's, again, I can't understand it all except to say that like even Jesus himself, when he walked the earth was limited by this call to fully submit to what his father wanted him to do and to fulfill completely and perfectly only that which his father would allow him to do this limitation within his Mm. calling. And I, I just, I don't know exactly how to get there. I don't know how exact. And and I know 100%, even as I say that, we'll never do that perfectly because we're not perfect and because our flesh, you know, needs (laughs) to be fed. It's constantly at war within us. and, And it needs that, like that feeding of whatever's inside of us, you know, wants to, wants to be fed and wants to come out. But there's something in that space about recognizing that, wow, like, God may have asked us to do A, B, and C, but why then do we pick up D, E, F, and G just Mm -hmm. because maybe the A, B, and C felt so good? Mm -hmm. You know, we just want more of that or, uh, right? So it's where God are you saying like, yes, this is what I've called you to and this is what I've asked you to do. And, but no, this is where I haven't. And, and sometimes I think too, we think that God's only going to call us to do the things that we want to do. Like you just differentiated. Well, I don't really want to cook dinner every night or do the groceries. Like that's like, I have to do that and I do it. But, but what if that's part of the, the limit that God's placed on your life? Like he said, you know, I've called you to 
steward your family and I want you to care for them in this way. And that's part of the limit. So because you're doing these things, you do have to say no to some other, right? Like we don't consider that. We just think, oh, well, I'm going to get rid of the things I don't want. And that's how I'm going to embrace limits. Well, but what if that's not Mm -hmm. what God has called you to steward? I think there are going to be some things we don't love absolutely because that is also part yes. of submission that's right? exactly like it, doesn't, that's it can't exactly. just be like what i want to do because then i think it's still about me <laughs> laura you this is exactly how we're processing it because it's so true we'll cast out the things we don't want to do but then we'll add it with more things we do because there is this place of self-importance and at the end of the day we're also not talking about diminishing what god is asking you to do so once again, on the outside, we may continue to do all the things that we're doing, but not from a place of self and of importance, but from a place of obedience and surrender and submission. So once again, man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And so all of these things, we can look off, oh, cast off this, cast off the. But if we look at and say, God, what are you asking? What do you want me to do? And as I do it, help me to do it from a place of obedience and surrender. Because it's exactly what you're talking about, the posture of heart. Because on the outside, God could still be asking us to do all of these things. And his grace is sufficient. His strength is perfect in weakness. But it's about dependency, obedience, surrender, humility. And I think this is the core of what we're getting to. The emotional health. The emotional unhealth is I'm doing this for validation and importance. Self, this is the unhealth is like, I need to feed the self, the flesh, but myself, the spiritual thing is, you know, oh, you know, like that whole thing. Oh, I'm sacrificing my life. That's not also like living with this, um, almost not victim. I don't know what word I'm thinking of, but I'm living in such a way that I have deny everything good of myself or right. I have to completely step away from anything that would bring any type of attention Joy or yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's not, that's not healthy. That's spiritual no. mentality. It's God saying, what have I asked you to do? Yeah. Don't diminish it, but do it from a place of surrender, yeah. a place of submission. And like you said, if I'm asking you to sur- to do groceries, and to like we literally yeah. bring it to the everyday life. The extraordinary, ordinary is in the word extraordinary. Okay, like extraordinary moves of God happen in the ordinary. Washing dishes, serving your family, serving your friend, making dinner for your your housemate, whatever it may be, where whatever circumstance you find yourself in, if you live by like whatever. But what God, what we're saying today is, where are these things coming from? Yeah. What is the core issues that God's getting to? And it may look the same on the outside. But the inside is what we're changing. Yeah. Yeah. And I Powerful. mean, we've, we've acknowledged this many, many times. But some of the reason that we don't embrace limits is because, or we don't live with limits, is because honestly, we just want to avoid dealing with some of the pains of the inner yeah. world. Yeah. Like we, it's an avoidance of actually going to these spaces and recognizing, oh my goodness, like, my pride is through the roof or my self-importance is like through the roof here or even my self-righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at all these things I do for God. Like, da, da, da. well, we talked about that in a, in a previous podcast, like doing for God instead of being with God. Like, do we actually value our time with God where we're actually not accomplishing anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> even as I say that out loud, 
what are we accomplishing when we just spend time with God? Like that's, I think the most important thing to God, Mm -hmm. like that's the most important space to God. But yet we sort of diminish that space. We limit that space so that we can do more doing so that we can avoid more being like, like it's this cycle uh, that we find ourselves in. And so that's sort of at the rootedness of, you know, this conversation that's, this one's hitting deep, but, um, but okay. There's so, so many layers to it, isn't know, there? There's, there's so, so many, many places we could go. It's almost like you're turning the aspects. You just oh, keep turning one keep angle going. and you keep, keep you're going. like, oh, another angle of how all it's, of this conversation plays out. It's yeah. so good. So okay. Good. So here's another little twist on this. <laughs> so what do you think <laughs> yeah. some God-given limits look like? Like what do God-given limits? So we're talking about the unhealthy side is living without limits. And again, Every single person has to sort of look at their life and do take stock of what does that actually look like for you? Because I can't do that for your life, Rhonda. You can't mm-hmm. do that for my life. Mm-hmm. I can't look at somebody else's life. And maybe they're wired differently than us. And maybe at the end of the day, they, di- they didn't check off 25 things that they've accomplished. Maybe they only accomplished four. But that could be still them living without limits in different ways. Like every one of us has to really take this before the Lord and ask God, like, wh- how are we unhealthy in this way? So it's not about like how much you do or how much you don't or what season you're in, but like what would some of the God-given limits in our life, the, and and I think, it, I believe it is um, Pete Scazzaro that talks about the gift of limits. Like what is the gift of limits and what does that sort of look like? I, I think that it has to do with honestly, every, like everything in our life, for example. So, like a gift of limits that God has placed on my life is that like part of what he's called me to steward is I am a mom to four kids and a wife to Jason. Like, and this is part of what God's called me to steward, but that places a limit on my life. That part of my stewardship places a limit on my life to what other things I can say yes and no to. If I didn't have to steward that, if I didn't have to steward those five people, then I could do other things, different things. And there might come a day when those, well, at least the four of them, <laughs> not not five of them, but four of them might not be dependent, not be, you know, and maybe God would say, okay, here, I, I'm going to give you this other thing to, to steward. But right now, like this is part of, and it's been for 22 years. This has been a part of the limit that God has placed, like our circumstances, where we live, the family we've been raised in, even our health is a limit. What, what health issues are we navigating? That's a limit. I'm not saying that limit God placed on our life. Like, I don't believe God makes us sick, but there is a stewardship within what the circumstance we find ourselves that God says, you don't think I can provide and I can move in the midst of that circumstance. Like God's not limited in his character to those circumstances. He wants to actually move in the midst of those limits, Mm. but can we embrace them and see the gifts that are inside? Mm. Like there's this like switching Mm. of the whole story 
within the frustrations. And I think the things we're trying to actually break free from where God's saying, no, 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 wait, no. Like there's Mm. gifts within these limits that I've placed Mm. in your life because I want to show you myself because I want to draw you deep. I want to draw you closer to myself. I want to show you in the midst of suffering because I suffered. I'm going to invite you into that space of intimacy with me because I am with you. Like Mm. there's these gifts. And again, we try to throw off, I think, some of these limits to say, I don't want that limit. I don't want the responsibility of Mm. this or that. I don't want to do this. But it's like, how does God want to reveal himself to you in the midst of that? So, yeah, those would be some of the examples that I that I think. What uh, what does that bring to mind for you? Oh, like I totally identify with what you're saying, Lori. Like I would say I feel the same way, like as you're talking about what we're stewarding and how, you know, we have to recognize those things and be able to walk boots on the ground yeah. what that looks like yeah. out when you have a you're raising a family and all of the, you know hey, jay is my husband is. whatever it jay is Corto is my husband my job your yeah job, but i would this. say like when i'm thinking of limits interesting what immediately flashed to my mind um secondary to what you were talking about was when i was not in full-time ministry and i was working outside in a business world and i remember going on trips and doing different things and looking around me and recognizing i actually have an internal limitation as a follower, as a follower of Jesus, I could cast out every restraint, but the Bible is actually a book of limitation in the sense of, I don't live like the world. I don't think like the world. I have conviction I follow. I have the obedience of God following his word, not following my own thoughts, culture. And I was quickly immersed in a world that was completely unrestrained interesting and it was so interesting for me because i was raised in a christian home went into ministry very young and for seven years i was immersed in a world that i watched right in front of me completely unrestrained lives in every way and you would see it outside of the office when you go on these trips and you'd be like wow like that is so different than how i've been raised because i was raised in this christian world for so many years and I recognize like looking at the limitation and when I use limitation, I want, you know, it's in a quote, like I'm, we're using that word as a way. Yes, there is like, even the Bible say everything is permissible, like a boundary. but not everything mm-hmm. is beneficial. Like God yeah. has yeah. like, follow my way. I am the way, the truth and life. The road is narrow. Like God shows us it's a cost. You no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Like, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. And there's a denying of self. There's a denying, there's a restraining of like, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Like there is a restraining of what you want to do, slander, gossip, you know, all the things that we would want to step into. There's a restraint, a limitation and where we can go. And it's for our good, but it does take the discipline to say, I am under restraint. I'm under a higher authority. I'm under a higher power that's actually dictating and leading in the most perfect loving way, my imperfect ungodly self. And it's meant to bring life. And I've got to trust that way. Even when it's narrow, I got to trust it. However, I saw that with my eyes. And, you know, when I look at the joy in their lives, there was no joy. Like the trade-off, the limit, like when we want to feel the casting off of restraint, feeling like it's going to bring fullness of joy, fullness of freedom, it's actually the opposite and that's the in, that's the incredible thing that when we live within the limitations that God has put, it's actually for our flourishing. But we have to trust. 
we have to trust because the casting off of restraint is actually for our bondage. It's, it's the truth. Look at right from the garden, the devil saying, don't you want to be like God? Like really did God say, you know, and when they cast off the restraint of not touching that tree, when they, t- they cast off the limitation, they could have everything though. Think of that. But God said, not that there was a limitation, even in the perfect place of Eden in perfection, there was a limitation what they could because it was actually for their harm. And when they cast off, what did they receive in return? Bondage, sin. They were cast out of life, like of the flourishing of the garden, presence of God. You think of all of that. So this is what we're going to the deeper core. The Bible is a limiting book. Yes. If you were to read this Bible, think you could do whatever you want. <laughs> no, because you're not king. You're not God. It's actually an authority leading you. You're not the authority. So I think when we come right down to the core of it, this is what we're saying. Like it's literally going to that deep place to say, am I Lord or is God Lord? Who has kingship? And I tell you what, there's a battle on that throne daily for me. I want to sit on the throne in my life. And that is the, that is the battle of saying, no, God, I submit to that. I submit to what I don't want to do but I trust your work that you're asking me to do it. So give, creating me a clean heart. Oh God, like you give me a heart for that. Make, help me to be like humble. I'm not, I'm not those things. I, I can think I am, but I'm not those things. So God uses these things to create a beautiful place and a beautiful place of surrender in me. So it's incredible. That is amazing. That's amazing. I think that's a perfect end to this conversation. And you know what that would be? our heart and our prayer as we sort of leave this conversation, continue to process with the Lord. I encourage you, honestly, if you, if this has resonated for you, the way that's for Ronta and I, I just really, yeah, I just really encourage you, like take some time of repentance, take some time to, you know, ask the Lord to bring humility to, you know, our hearts and our lives, to our self-importance, but also to really spend that time with God each day to ask him, God, what is it that you have for me today? What are the limits that you want me to walk in for my flourishing, for my flourishing? And remember, it is for your flourishing because God loves you so, so, so much. So yeah, so let's together enter into this journey of embracing limits, of learning how to do that and learning what limitations are from the Lord that have come from God that he's called us to steward and how do we walk in that in its fullness? And I really, truly do believe that all of us will find life on that journey. It's not going to be easy. We're not going to do it perfectly. So just cast that aside. Yeah. It will not be perfect, but there is life to be found. So thanks for being with us today. 